Section 22 of Whom We Shall Welcome. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Whom We Shall Welcome. Report of the President's Commission on Immigration and Naturalization. Part 5. Chapter 12b. Specific Categories. Subversives because of the paramount importance of security protections during the present critical period the provisions of immigration laws dealing with subversives are discussed separately in chapter fifteen criminals and other groups the interest of our society in rejecting the criminal elements of other nations has always been an important factor in our immigration policy the earliest federal statutes barred the entry of convicts and a similar policy has been reflected in every subsequent federal enactment. The developing federal legislative design gradually has enlarged the restrictions aimed at criminals. An Act of 1891 prohibited the entry of aliens convicted of a crime involving moral turpitude, and an Act of 1907 introduced a prohibition against immigrants who admitted the commission of such crimes in the nineteen fifty two act these prohibitions are amplified and in addition exclusion is ordered in cases of aliens convicted of two offences without regard to moral turpitude where aggregate sentences of five years or more were imposed permanent bar for single crime the conviction of a single crime involving moral turpitude, regardless of the circumstances under which conviction occurred, and regardless of the length of the intervening period, forever precludes an alien from admission to the United States. This law ignores the vast differences between kinds of offenses. It fails to recognize the possibility of redemption or reformation it disregards the intervening family ties and neglects the effect of arbitrary action on the alien's family it overlooks the fact that the most important asset an immigrant brings to us is his future not his past while the nineteen fifty two law grants some power to forgive youthful indiscretions this authority is hedged in with so many limitations that it is virtually valueless the commission recommends that the law provide administrative discretion to waive the ground for exclusion of an alien who has been convicted of a single crime involving moral turpitude where it is determined that the alien has been a person of good moral character for a given period of time such as for example five years and that he is not a person of criminal tendencies this proposal would make possible an assessment of whether his life evidences that he will be a decent useful member of american society in exercising such discretion the administrative officers would be required to take into account the gravity of the crime the genuineness of the reformation the alien's family ties and other considerations the commission does not recommend that there be any discretion to permit permanent entry where the alien has been convicted for two or more crimes involving moral turpitude arising out of separate criminal transactions such a history seems sufficient to demonstrate the criminal disposition of the applicant and to warrant his exclusion at the same time the administration of the statute should take into account the irrationalities of criminal penalties in totalitarian countries 
although the statute excludes convictions for political offenses it is well known that totalitarian countries often make political punishments under the guise of prosecutions for ordinary criminal violations such as frauds against the state and larceny our immigration laws should not be used to enforce totalitarian justice therefore the commission recommends that where the conviction for a crime or crimes involving moral turpitude was rendered by a court in a totalitarian country the administrative officers should be authorized to inquire into the circumstances of the crime in order to determine whether the conviction actually was for a crime or crimes involving moral turpitude under american standards although the designation of crimes involving moral turpitude has not been entirely satisfactory it has not caused excessive difficulties the principal problem in this connection is its indiscriminate application to both major and minor offences a youthful indiscretion in stealing seven shoelaces or a frantic father's theft of food to feed a hungry family are crimes involving moral turpitude the commission recommends that the statutes specify that minor infractions are not within the contemplation of crimes involving moral turpitude so as to bar entry the immigration law should also permit consideration which it does not of any pardon or other form of clemency that may have been granted by the foreign government under whose laws a crime was committed conviction for two offences a new provision in the act of nineteen fifty two prohibits the entry of aliens who have been convicted of two or more offences regardless of whether they involve moral turpitude where aggregate sentences of more than five years were imposed despite the reservation in the congressional conference report the commission believes that this new provision in effect would penalize aliens who were subjected to false or trumped-up charges in totalitarian countries in his testimony before the commission the attorney general of the united states urged amendment of this provision he said practical difficulties of enforcement result from this provision when it is realized that totalitarian countries consistently mask religious racial and political persecutions as criminal prosecutions the practical problem of enforcement is that many aliens from the Iron Curtain countries undoubtedly contend that they were convicted of crimes when no crime has been committed, and their sole offense was being politically opposed to those in power. It will be impossible to determine the truth or falsity of such claims. Trustworthy investigations, to establish the truth or falsity, cannot be made in the countries involved hence i believe there should be some clarification by statute of the nebulous middle ground between crimes and political offences boris shishkin speaking in behalf of the american federation of labor observed a realistic distinction should be made between the justice meted out by totalitarian courts and those which accord with the basic criteria of the law of our own land in a totalitarian country such as communist russia or nazi germany individuals are arrested and jailed every day for all types of minor violations of the existing laws or for no violation at all even though such persons even under the totalitarian law are guilty of no political offences a worker who is late to work in the soviet union may be thrown into jail 
this is no political offense and should obviously be no grounds for exclusion from admission to this country there are many other similar examples the nineteen fifty two law in effect accepts nazi and communist laws and the decision of nazi and communist police officials and courts as the basis for excluding refugees from totalitarian countries from admission to this country there can be no justification for such a provision the law should be changed so that the principles of our own law and our own system of government should be the criteria used for determining whether to admit or exclude aliens walter ruther recently elected president of the cio commented workers who protest speed-ups behind the iron curtain who sabotage red war production who organize free trade unions such as our own are criminals in the lands under red domination if caught in these acts they become criminals in the eyes of the united states and are forever unable to come to our shores the commission finds these objections valid there are also further reasons why this new provision of the act of nineteen fifty two is objectionable one it reiterates the philosophy that there can be no rehabilitation where an alien has once erred two it does not require an alien to be convicted of what are regarded as crimes as distinguished from minor infractions conviction for any offence or violation of law is sufficient walking on the grass smoking in an unauthorized place acts of juvenile delinquency providing religious education to children in iron curtain countries listening to the voice of america convictions for these offenses would be sufficient to bar the alien three it does not require actual imprisonment for any period convictions where the sentence was suspended would suffice four it makes foreign governments the final arbiters of american law where exclusions are based on the commission of crimes involving moral turpitude the determinations are made by using standards applied in the united states no such american standard is relevant in the provision requiring exclusions for the conviction of two offenses conviction and sentence are sufficient regardless of the nature of the offenses five just as there are varying systems of justice in all countries there are different standards controlling the sentencing of persons convicted of offenses courts in some countries may impose long terms of imprisonment and then suspend sentence or grant liberal parole in other countries the courts may impose short sentences but require them to be served thus two aliens from different countries although convicted of similar offenses in one case may be barred from entering the united states while in the other would be admitted yet the alien barred might be as desirable as the other in terms of american interests and welfare the commission recommends that this provision be repealed admissions of crime since nineteen seventeen the law has contained the authority to exclude aliens on the basis of an admission of crime involving moral turpitude the act of nineteen fifty two goes further than the previous law and authorizes exclusion when an alien admits acts constituting the essential elements of such crime thus 
an alien may now be barred for a supposed infraction of the criminal laws of another country for which he has not been convicted and which he does not admit committing the findings should be based upon admissions of acts constituting essential elements whatever that means the statute places upon the administrative officers an obligation to determine whether a crime has been committed a function customarily performed by the criminal courts furthermore the issue may involve a crime under foreign law this adjudication will be made by immigration or consular officers who ordinarily have no legal training they will not be bound by constitutional protections surrounding criminal proceedings immigration or consular officers will act as prosecutors juries and judges the finding that an alien is guilty of committing a crime for which he was never convicted need not be made upon proof beyond a reasonable doubt or even upon a preponderance of the evidence copies of foreign laws are not ordinarily available to immigration officials in such cases the presumption is that the foreign law is the same as that prevailing in the united states thus an alien may be excluded on the basis of events occurring in a foreign country which would not necessarily be a crime in that country indeed he may be deemed guilty of a crime even where the foreign criminal authorities have not seen fit to institute prosecution or perhaps even where the courts of such foreign country have acquitted the alien immigration officials should not be given the function of balancing facts and deciding whether the facts established guilt of crime under foreign laws the provision of the nineteen fifty two act places an excessive burden on administrative authorities and lends itself to abuses in exacting admissions the commission recommends that the revisions made by the act of nineteen fifty two be eliminated and that an alien be subject to exclusion if he admits the commission of a crime or crimes involving moral turpitude conditions for waiver of inadmissibility should be the same for aliens who admit as for those convicted of a crime involving moral turpitude except that the discretion to waive in cases of admission should not be limited to a single offence false representations in applying for entry the act of nineteen fifty two includes a new provision which forever bars an alien who has sought to enter the united states through fraud or willful misrepresentation this statute continues and expands a similar provision of the displaced persons act which perpetually barred displaced persons who had made willful misrepresentations when applying for entry into the united states of course fraud and willful misrepresentation of material information should be grounds for exclusion the act of nineteen fifty two however introduced the principle of perpetual exclusion the act of nineteen fifty two makes no provision for those cases in which misrepresentations may be prompted by fear or by an understandable effort to escape suffering and misery the commission has been informed that refugees and displaced persons who facing the possibility of being forced back behind the iron curtain or of reprisals against their loved ones who still lived there may have made false statements concerning their places of origin or former residence or other facts in their personal history the report of the congressional conference committee suggested that this provision be administered humanely and that its mandate 
should not serve to exclude or deport certain bona fide refugees who in fear of being forcibly repatriated to their former homelands misrepresented their place of birth when applying for a visa and such misrepresentation did not have as its basis the desire to evade the quota provisions of the law or an investigation in the place of their former residence but the language of the law remains an open invitation to the perpetration of injustices in its present form the statute imposes a penalty not reasonably related to any sound national interest if the fact concealed affects the alien's admissibility it would in itself be a ground for excluding him thus it would appear that the statute penalizes the concealment of facts which in themselves are not material to the alien's admissibility in the present state of the world with so many persons seeking to escape the oppressions and persecutions of communist dictatorships many have felt obliged so the commission is informed to resort to misstatements concerning their antecedents and identity it does not seem reasonable to bar from the united states forever those who have made such misstatements even a former member of the communist party is not permanently barred under the act of nineteen fifty two the commission recommends that the bar against entry of those who have sought to enter on the basis of fraud or willful misrepresentation be retained but that the administrative authorities be given discretion to waive this ground of inadmissibility in meritorious cases this would alleviate the inflexible rigor of the present requirement and would permit taking into account the circumstances of the case the length of time that has elapsed and the present worth of the applicant for entry economic qualifications although the best evidence available to the commission indicates that limited immigration does not increase or aggravate unemployment particular prospective aliens may be undesirable in that they may become economic liabilities upon the community therefore the exclusion of aliens likely to become a public charge is a reasonable and necessary element of our immigration policy however the nineteen fifty two act permits this finding to be made on solely the basis of the opinion of the attorney-general or the counsellor officers apparently it was designed to substitute subjective opinion for demonstrated fact and to lessen the opportunity for judicial inquiry the statute allows much room for prejudice and for arbitrary action present practice in applying the public charge provision relies principally on evidence of the wealth of the sponsor on september eighth nineteen thirty the president instructed the department of state to adopt a strict interpretation of the public charge requirement that course was said to have been dictated by the rise of unemployment in the united states in complying with this directive the counselor officers required strong proof of economic reliability on the part of applicants for entry this policy has never been published in any regulation but has continued to govern consular consideration of visa applications because of the absence of any published regulation there is no uniformity in current consular practices each council establishes his own requirements for evidence of financial reliability in the absence of personal means in his own right the prospective immigrant usually is required to submit to the council the affidavit of at least one responsible person in the united states 
stating that the immigrant will not become a public charge the sponsor customarily is required also to attach to the affidavit supporting evidence of his financial responsibility such as letters from his bank and his employer since the affidavit is not directly sanctioned by any statute or regulation it is quite doubtful whether it creates a legally enforceable obligation so far as the commission is aware no attempt has ever been made to bring suit against a person who has signed such a sponsoring affidavit in cases where the immigrant actually became a public charge apparently the sponsoring affidavit has been regarded as useful for its moral persuasion and for establishing some tie with a responsible individual in the united states the displaced persons act of nineteen forty eight as amended developed a new approach to the question of protecting the united states against public charges there in practice the public charge provision was regarded as complied with when an alien had an assurance of a job and home which would not displace another person the testimony before the commission indicated that this system worked well for the some four hundred thousand people admitted under that law the commission believes that the law could be improved by adding affirmative criteria to guide administrative action the commission recommends that the immigration law provide that no alien should be deemed likely to become a public charge who one has a firm assurance of employment in the united states and two has assurances furnished on his behalf by a responsible individual or organization in the united states that the alien will not become a burden in the community in making this suggestion the commission expresses no judgment on the merit of two features of the act of nineteen fifty two owing to the fact that additional study of each subject is necessary these subjects are the contract labor clause since eighteen eighty five and until the nineteen fifty two act the immigration law excluded contract laborers from entry for permanent residence with certain exceptions and waiver provisions this has always been regarded as one of the most important features of immigration restriction the displaced persons act waived this provision in the light of the job and housing assurances the nineteen fifty two law eliminates the contract labor provision but authorizes exclusionary action upon a finding by the secretary of labor in connection with aliens seeking to enter to obtain employment concern was expressed by the secretary of labor that the elimination of the contract labor provision may put us in a position of acting too late to prevent unwarranted and economically harmful entry of foreign workers similar uneasiness was expressed by the american federation of labor whose spokesman urged the commission to recommend restoration of the contract labor provision further study of the problem is desirable affidavits of support although the commission believes that it is desirable and necessary to retain in the law a provision excluding aliens who are likely to become a public charge time has not permitted adequate study of the present method of administering this provision affidavits of support are the principal method used to determine whether an alien is likely to become a public charge whether this is a satisfactory device to implement the public charge requirement is a matter which should be given further study however 
the commission believes that a satisfactory procedure should be adopted and codified in an appropriate regulation so that the administration may be uniform end of section twenty two